sometimes we forget what we are capable of, or worse, what we truly love. Life's setbacks can have us self-doubting or unable to see what's possible. We bring limitations to ourselves and start self-sabotaging. As the saying goes, entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't, so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. In today's episode, we've invited an amazing entrepreneur. Her name's none other than Deborah Chantry Taylor. Deborah is passionate about seeing entrepreneurs and leaders live their best life through creating a better business, giving them what they want out of life and business. Sharing her knowledge and passion for business and how traction can truly transform an organization is what gets leaders excited when in the same room with Deborah. Her engaging keynotes and workshops help entrepreneurial business owners and their leadership teams focus on solving the issues that keep them down, hold them back, and tick them off. As an EOS implementer, Deborah is committed to helping leaders to get what they want and live a better life by creating a better business. Having worked with over 600 business owners and their leadership teams, and having led teams of hundreds herself, Deborah is recognized as a leading businesswoman as well as one of the top business and leadership coaches in New Zealand. Well, without further ado, let's welcome this amazing individual into the house. Woohoo! Hey, Deborah. Thank you very much. My goodness, that's a hell of an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> You're most welcome. And welcome to the Regacy Show. I mean, like, uh, it's really my honor and pleasure to have you here and and uh, you know it's it's really amazing that we have people from around the world, not just from Singapore, but we have people like you from New Zealand. And how how is it like over in New Zealand? It, is the COVID situation like getting better or? or yeah, we're a little bit behind the rest of the world because we shut our borders for a long, long time. And oh. so we're only really now just getting COVID in the community in any, any big way, shape or form. Um, but life is starting to return to some sense of normal normalcy. Yeah, so it's getting getting better. How okay. is it in Singapore? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's OK, I would say. I, I wouldn't say it's um, it's bad or whatsoever because we are starting to allow people to not uh, wear masks when we are in the public. Uh, even yeah. when we are in the malls, we are not wearing masks anymore. As as um, as much as we love it to be not wearing masks everywhere, but still we still need to wear for the time being in terms of public public transports or even hospitals as well. But uh, other than that. So far, it's okay. Uh, the numbers are still around there. The amount of people having COVID is still there, but I'm pretty sure we are getting there in terms of like uh, decreasing the amount of uh, COVID cases and also having our immunity becoming stronger and all this other stuff. But you know, today we are not going to talk so much about COVID-19 and how it's affecting <laughs> the world. But today it's more about you, about your niche and of course, about the solutions, the advices that you have uh, over the years that you have actually provided for your fellow entrepreneurs and business owners who have been struggling. And of course, um, I'm pretty sure not many of my audience know a lot about you. So do you mind if you share with your audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? 
Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Deborah. I am both a professional EOS implementer and a business owner myself. And I have been an entrepreneur. Uh, my first business was when I was age 13 at school. And wow. my parents weren't particularly wealthy. So I set up a business on the side to help make sure I had enough pocket money to buy all the clothes and the shoes and things that I wanted. Um, but then I had my father tell me that in order to be a or to find a good husband, I should actually go back and I should study science and start working for somebody. So I became a scientist and I started working for people. And I did that for a little while, but very quickly moved up into management positions and realized I didn't really like science, didn't really like bugs. I love people. And so I started working with people and firstly in a sales and marketing capacity then I moved up into general management and finally CEO and I worked a lot in privately owned businesses so family run businesses privately owned businesses up to sort of 220 staff who were looking to to go from a flatlining perspective to actually growing again and I realized I had a natural tendency to engage with people get them motivated get them on the journey and and turn these businesses around and so I did that for a number of years and then I decided that actually I should probably do something for myself. And so I went out on my own after um, yeah, many years of working for other people and had a couple of years of great success running a mobile marketing and website development agency, had all the toys, the, the, you know, the house, the car, the toys, everything you could possibly wish for, the great life. Um, and then it all came crashing down. And so I put a company into receivership and kind of lost a lot of money in that business and had to go back into corporate world, lick my wounds, get myself back um, on top again. And then I came out and started all over again and did a similar, um, a different, a completely different business. Um, and again, built it up, was going along reasonably well, but that that crashed and burned too. So I've actually had two failures in my in my business career. So years of success and a couple of pretty massive business failures. And the last one, I actually lost my house, my car, everything. And that is something oh, I would that. not recommend for anybody. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but don't don't do that. Don't 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 uh, put put in your house and your. No. And, and your your car and everything and just go all in but uh... yeah, definitely not my advice to current business owners but you know since then we've rebuilt i've now got a business that um that is actually helping other business owners as well as running a small business on the side myself um and now doing what i love with people i love having a great time doing it mm, nice so I, I mean like uh before we actually dive deep into our interview i, I just want to know more about how you actually started your entrepreneurship journey besides what you have mentioned like when you were 13 you wanted to actually uh you know buy have your own pocket money to buy more items your clothings and all this other stuff but what what actually sparked you to actually be an entrepreneur uh yeah. i understand that you also mentioned that you don't want to actually work for you don't like to work for other people right in a sense yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not, I spent my time working for other people and I was very good at that. But it got to the point where I thought, hey, if I can do this for other people, if I can turn their business around, if I can help their businesses to grow, why can't I do something for myself? And I recognize I had a real passion for technology. So not technology in terms of being a geek and, and getting excited about programming, but what technology could do um, for us as businesses. And so I decided to start a, uh, yeah, a technology company that actually helped people to utilize technology in the marketing arena and just realize that uh, what I love is actually getting people motivated, coming up with the plans, um, overcoming solutions, challenging the way things are done. Because I think as entrepreneurs, we always go, so why are we doing it that way? Surely there's a better way to do this. Um, and that was really how I got started. I just thought, let's give this a go. I was working for another company. I saw what they were doing. I saw that I didn't think they were doing it quite the way I thought it should be done. So I thought, let's go give it a try myself. And that's what I did. 
Ah, okay, cool. So that means yeah. uh, in, in a nutshell, you actually started like an intrapreneur. You were working with, for someone and then you, you have that entrepreneurship fire in you and then yeah. you're working and then after that you decided, hey, this is something that you guys could change. And then after that, you love the, the work. You are doing so much for them. And, and, and then you realize that, hey, I can actually do something for myself rather mm-hmm. than, you know, doing for all this. Why not I become like a, a, a consultant for, for people, right? For, for all these businesses and all. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the first company I ran was actually the website development mobile marketing company. That was an actual company in itself that was developing technology solutions for other businesses. And so that was a lot of fun actually helping um, people to do that. Um, and yeah, I just realized that I had a real passion for it and really enjoyed doing it. I think also what I learned about myself is I'm, I'm not so good at following rules. And when I was at school, we didn't have the option to become an entrepreneur. Like you were told that you were, you know, 52 years old, you were told you had to go do science and have a good career and then find a good husband and there was never the even the thought of running your own business and even in the first couple of years of running my own business and we employed a lot of staff and we had a really successful business and I'd phone home to my parents and they'd say when are you going to get a real job and I'm like but I have a real job I employ people I have a company like no but when are you going to work for somebody so my parents instilled in me that the only thing that a real job was was working for somebody else so it wasn't quite the same as, as things are these days yeah yeah, I understand. And 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 because of your your job as an entrepreneur, did you manage to find your husband and and you know get <laughs> and and get and get a uh, you know beautiful kids and all? Uh, yeah. So so the really interesting thing is that um I did find a husband um and we were married for quite a long time and he was a good guy but he wasn't really right for me. So I'm on to husband number three now, um and. Third time lucky, yeah. I've got an amazing husband Thanks. and I've got finally got, I think that, I don't know, I don't know if people can relate to this, but my parents were very strict about the way I should behave, what I should do, how I should find a husband. And that actually suppressed a lot of who I actually was. Naturally, I was a risk taker. Naturally, I wanted to try new things. Naturally, I wanted to do adventures. I'm a real adventure kind of person. And so really, it took me a couple of marriages to kind of work out who I really was. And then when I became confident in who I was and what I wanted, I now have a husband who accepts me for for who I am, which is really cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like having a husband who can accept you for who you are and appreciate you for what you have been doing for him and yourself and your entire life, man, it's not easy to find one. And (laughs) I'm glad that you have actually found, you know, this uh, amazing gentleman who is uh, so uh, nice, helpful, and also at the same time appreciating of you. and, And I'm really... You know, looking forward to meet him when I'm in New Zealand visiting you guys. And love to love to have you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and I would like to ask you, uh, you know, at the back of your, at the back of your wall, there's this thing called EOS, right? So, yes. uh, I I'm pretty sure this is main your main business in in a sense for EOS um, implementer because in your name it's also stated that. So Deborah, yeah. what the heck is EOS? It's a really good question. So it stands for the Entrepreneur Operating System. And it's basically, um, it's a system for managing human energy uh, in an entrepreneurial business. So if you can imagine, um, an entrepreneur generally has this tendency to get distracted by bright, shiny lights and what they can do next and lots of big ideas. And they grow a business through passion. So, you know, you can go from being a one-man band to having several hundred staff, but often you haven't got the structure that can actually maintain that and keep everybody on the same track. And so it's a really 
really, really simple set of tools and a proven process to produce some real business results. And it's based on, on three things. You know, we get um, we talk about vision, getting everybody in the business absolutely 100% on the same page in terms of who we are, why we exist, where we're headed. We talk about traction, which is giving them the tools to have discipline and accountability. And I like I like to say, you don't want to squish entrepreneurs. You don't want to force them into being really rigid and really structured. So this is a nice, simple structure that gives them enough discipline and accountability without um, preventing them from still being creative and still pushing the boundaries. And finally, it's about being healthy, like creating a really healthy leadership team that has the difficult conversations. So I'm not sure if you can see, but I have some stuffed toys as well on my on my um, bookshelf here. And we use yep. those toys to have some fun, to have the difficult conversations, to make sure we're actually dealing with the real issues um, in a constructive way. Ah, okay, interesting. So, so yeah. how would you use the cow, for example, for yep. for illustration, for example? Where, where... Yeah. So the, the cow is, is what we call our sacred cow. And often when you work in family-owned businesses or privately-owned businesses, there are certain things that the rest of the team might feel not confident about uh, bringing up. So, you know, don't want to say this because it might upset Bob, who is the owner of the business, or Bob's son who works in the business. And so the sacred cow is a chance to go, hey, look, I know this is a sacred cow, but I feel that we need to talk about it. And you throw it into the room and then oh. you get a chance to actually discuss that. Okay. Oh, yeah. interesting. Sacred cow. Okay, uh, yeah. next time when I have a plush toy, I will call it a sacred cow then. <laughs> and, and, how about, <laughs> and how about how about Elmo? Elmo. Elmo is one of my favorites. So he is um, enough. Let's move on. So his letters E L M O. Enough. Let's move on. And that's when oh. you feel. I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting where somebody just keeps going on and on and on. You're like, okay, I got it. I really got it. I need to move on now. And so Elmo mm -hmm. is to be thrown at that person to say, I've got it. Let's move on. We need to move on to more, you know, more pressing items. Ah, okay, interesting. So for sacred cow is the time when you guys can actually come together and talk about things, trash things out in terms of the business, whereas yep. for Elmo is enough, let's move let's on. Move let's on. not exactly. talk about this anymore. It's done and over with and pop, let's go to the next problem or the next solution that we have for this situation, for example, right? That's exactly right. There's also a couple of you can't there's a big There's a big elephant up there and there's also a Trump doll as well, but I think they're actually just uh, out yes. of view. I wonder yep. if I can see. There's a, there you go, there's a Trump and an elephant <laughs> and a squirrel. <laughs> so so what, what do they, what do they uh, signify, especially for yeah. Donald Trump? Uh, is Donald so, Trump means that uh, you are fired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not quite. <laughs> it's, it's all about what we call politicking. And so, you know, in a EOS, we talk about having healthy teams that discuss the, the really meaty issues and work together to, to resolve them. But sometimes you get people who want to keep repeating themselves over and over again, like a politician does. And so when we do that, we say, hey, look, we want to hear your opinion. It's really important that you contribute to the discussion, but we need you to not keep repeating yourself over and over. So then you give them the Trump and say, enough politics ticking it's time to move on <laughs> the oh. squirrel is um for a, a tangent alert i'm not sure if you have squirrels in singapore i don't remember seeing them when i was over there but in the uk we have squirrels and they are an, a creature that is usually really really focused on something until something else happens and then it darts off onto a tangent and so the squirrel is like a tangent alert when we've gone off on a tangent let's bring it back to the main issue at hand being the nut we're talking about and the mm. elephant is about that elephant in the room so what are we not saying there's a big elephant in the room that we all know exists but we're not talking about it so how do we bring that issue to the table mm, okay interesting wow yeah. okay oh nice I, I really love the analogy for donald trump and then the squirrel 
and even the big elephant. Uh, this is something that I'm pretty sure for those of you who are viewing, be it from US, UK, Singapore, or any parts of the world, uh, you guys can actually use this really, really good, I would say, plush toys for, for your meetings. And, and who knows, your, your colleagues, your co-workers will be amazed by how effective the meeting will be just because of these five plush toys that you brought in into the table for the discussion. And of course, um, this is something that I, I truly believe, you know, this EOS entrepreneurial operating system is something that you guys should have and should use for your, uh, uh, your business, especially your meetings. And I'm just curious, like, how can we use the EOS system to scale our business? Absolutely. That's a really good question. I mean, EOS is designed for businesses that are looking for growth. So if you want to set the same, don't don't bother, you know, but if you want to actually grow the business, then you should definitely look at it. And what it does is it focuses on these kind of six key components of the business. So if you can strengthen those six key components, it will ultimately provide you with a, a stronger, more sustainable, high growth business. And so all of the tools are available online. If you just Google EOS, you'll see that EOS Worldwide shares all of the tools. And there's some really great tools around you. Know, how do you get that vision out there? How how do you make sure you've got the right people in the right seats doing the right thing? How do you make sure you're measuring the right data? What is your scorecard telling you? How do you use your scorecard effectively? How do you identify issues and make sure you're actually solving them at the root cause? How do you make sure your core process are documented and followed by all the people? And finally, traction. How do we make sure that we've actually got the right meeting pulse and everybody in the organization knows how they fit into that with their rocks and their measurables? So it's a really, really simple concept. There's loads of information online. Um, I encourage you to have a look at the, the website and just see what you can find. But it's, a, it's about giving a little bit of structure to a fast-growing business to enable it to grow more quickly because actually a little bit of structure can really help. Um, you know, if, if you're trying to do everything by the seat of your pants, you've got to have focus. And so this gives us laser sharp focus to what's important and what needs to be done. Mm, okay, understand. Oh, nice. Okay. Then uh, I'd like to ask you, like, are there any uh, cons for EOS, for the EOS? Uh, any cons? Any... Yeah. yeah. It won't work for everybody. I mean, let's be really honest. You've got to want to make changes. And so if you're, you've got to be willing and open to to accept that you need to take, to get some help. And so for some people, they'll go, I've got it sorted. I know what I'm doing. Well, then you probably are not going to be the person who's going to get benefit from this. So we generally say it's teams that are willing to be open and honest and vulnerable, teams who are willing to have the difficult conversations, who want that growth, who want that fast growth, who are looking for a little bit of structure to help them focus so they can get the results. But if you're not prepared to, you know, make some changes and follow the proven process then you, it's just not going to work for you mm, okay got it got it wow yeah. this this sounds like uh it's really an amazing tool for people who want to actually scale up the business so for those of you who are you know wanting to scale at this point of time you can actually look at the entrepreneurial operating system and you can go and google it out and go even go to the website that this uh, Deborah has, and then you can go and check it out. And if you want to know more, you want to actually get to uh, have Deborah's services, then you can actually go to the website and let her know about it as well. And of course, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure building a business is not easy at all. And I'm pretty sure many times, a, a lot of times, we all would have struggles along the way so deborah what were some of the mental and emotional struggles that you have 
face while building your business up? Yeah. Um, so I've, got, I've had several businesses and I think they've all come with a similar kind of set of things. I mean, as an entrepreneur, uh, we're not so good at letting go. And so as the business grows, we have to bring on board new people. But sometimes, you know, you get the whole, but I could have done that better myself. And oh, they're taking too long. And so we tend to kind of jump back in again and want to start taking over. And so for me, one of the biggest challenges was really bringing on board, first of all, the right people. So, you know, I think in, in the early days, I'd bring on family, friends, whoever was available. And then I realized they weren't the right people for the business that I had the, the challenge of having to remove them and bring new people on board. And then when you do bring the right people on board, and they really are the right people who share your core values, who've got, you know, they get their role, they they want it, they have the capacity to do it. It's actually letting go and letting them actually do it because they will not do it 100% like you do. They will not be in, in your mind as good as you are in terms of doing it. But you, if you don't have the ability to let go, you can never grow the business. And so that's probably one of the biggest challenges. The other thing, of course, is the whole cash flow thing. It's like, you know, I don't know how um, it's been with your business, but you find yourself often lying awake at night worrying about how do you pay the next bills. So it's really important that from a business, you are really, really good at predicting. You know what's going to come in. You manage your cash flow well, and you have that ability to, um, to I think, always have some money in the bank for when things go wrong as well, because there's always going to be times when things do not go as planned. And if you're trying to do it on a smell of an oily rag, you're going to really struggle. So recognize that in all of the years of business, you'll have some good years, you'll have some great years. You're also going to have a couple of really bad years of one year that might put you out of business. So make sure you've got some funds put aside to enable you to get through those tough times. Mm, true, true. I, I agree with you in terms of all these three. These three are really important for business in terms of like right people. You need to have the right people to work with you, to work together towards the goal and the vision of your company and 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 go forth to you know world domination in terms of your brand and all this other stuff and of course yeah. letting go meaning to say like you know as a as a, a parent you need to let your children go to do their own stuff you know you cannot be holding back holding them back and say hey you can't do this you can't do that and then next moment they will be rebellious and they will tend to do things that's way more extreme than what you wanted and exactly. i agree with you in terms of the cash flow as well because um, even though this is a very old adage, but it's as old as it, it, as it seems, but now people still believe that cash is still king for, for a certain uh, reason, because when we are actually having, uh, I would say, sufficient amount of money to actually replenish certain things, or for example, like paying for certain bills, yeah, it, it, it is very important for us to have that cash flow or else we, we won't be able to, you know, like... Well, it's the, st it's the stress that kills you. Yeah, it's the stress it's, of worrying about stressful. it that actually kills you. Yeah. The yeah, other thing I was just thinking about, another sort of old adage, which is absolutely true, is learn how to fail fast and fail forward. So as I said in my introduction, I lost my house, I lost my car, not yep. a great decision, would not recommend it at all. And I think if I had been honest with myself, I should have allowed the business to fail faster and I should have learned from my mistakes to move forward rather than clinging on. Because we tend to, it becomes our baby. And, and I think sometimes you have to give it everything you've got. And then sometimes you actually have to call it and say, this isn't working in its current form. What do I need to do to take this forward? Um, and that's one of the things that now in our business now, we 
we have our scorecard. Mm -hmm. We're looking at things all the time and going, is this an ongoing trend? Do we need to do something about this? Um, you know, is this, are, are we, you know, you've got all these indicators that show you when things aren't going as well as they should be. And then you have to make the hard call sometimes and either pivot or just let it go. <laughs> yeah, true, true. And I would like to ask you this, like, why is the F word not a dirty word? No. <laughs> so when we say the F word, we mean the failure word. And I think yeah. this is really interesting because, um, you know, I've had a couple of failures in my life. And I think that as long as you can actually learn from them, then they're actually good. Because I've learned more from my failures than I've done from all my successes. So like I said, I've had the high life. I've had all the toys. I've had all the fun. Um, but actually, the, the, the where things went wrong is where you actually learn the most. Whether that be from employing the wrong people. Uh, you get to learn very quickly how important people are. Whether it be measuring the wrong things, you get to learn. Whether it be putting your whole life into your business and then losing everything, you get to learn from it. I promise you that will never happen again. So you learn from those mistakes. As long as you take from it, then it's 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 a good thing. And I think you've got to you've got to be not too hard on yourself either. Because if you sit there and you beat yourself up for all the mistakes that you've made and how could I have done that and how stupid was I, then you're not going to actually learn from it and move forward. And you can't change what's happened. So I look back and I can laugh about it now. But you look back and you go, I lost my house, lost my car. It was very, very stressful, but I could hang yeah. on to that for a long, 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 long time where I can go, actually, I kind of stuffed up, the other word, <laughs> effed up, um, and now <laughs> I need to move forward. And I can't change the clock back. I can't bring any of that stuff back. So how do I actually make more money? Because we always make more money. And how can I do more to help people? Because I actually believe you actually make money from helping people. It's not about going out there to go, I want to make X million dollars. I actually go out there and go, how many people can I help? And when I do that, mm -hmm. it, it naturally the money follows yeah yeah i agree the more people you help the more the money will come to you because yeah. you want to actually give back to the people so the laws of the universe or laws of god will actually give it to you and say hey hey you want to help more people i can't help them now i i'll use you to help people and then yes. next moment yeah that that's that's so true that's so true and uh Deborah, can you share with us like what are the lessons that you have learned from failure other than the, the one that you mentioned earlier, fail, for, fail fast, fail forward kind of thing. Any other things that you have learned? Oh, I've, I've learned lots of things from failures. Um, as I say, I think it comes down to it's actually good to have a system. It's a good to have uh, some checkpoints and also some external advisors that can actually see things that you can't see. Because when you work in your business, it's really hard to remove yourself from that and think a little bit more externally, take that panoptic view, helicopter view, whatever I call it. And so I think that one of the, the key things I've learned from my failures was actually surrounding myself with the right people, surrounding myself with, with people who are prepared to call you out when things are not as they should be. Um, mm -hmm. And really uh yeah have a have structure's not a bad thing i think people think oh well, the structure's gonna take away my creativity no it's not it's gonna enhance it it's like if you can systemize the predictable you can humanize the potential that's what one of the um the guy from four seasons said and it's really really true if you have a little little bit of structure it actually means you're more free to do the stuff that you need to do and so don't kind of go oh it's a system it's too restrictive i i really believe it actually gives you more creativity and more freedom Yep, I understand. Okay, yep. cool. And and I, I I actually read that you you actually lost a loved one while you were actually coming back up, in a yep. sense, right? So how do you actually come back to business from grief after yep. Yep. losing a loved one or even two? I, from what yep. I what I read the other time. 
Yeah, so actually, I mean, sadly, I lost my father two weeks ago as well. So I've actually now lost all of my family in the space of five years. Um, but the so it's Sorry tough. To hear that. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, it's really, really tough. Um, you know, my brother passed away first. He was 44 years old. I was 47. He was 44. It was so unexpected. It was not, I was right in the middle of building up my business. Um, and if I'm honest, the way that I handled it was not good at all. What I did do was throw myself into work and think if I can just carry on with what I'm doing and, and, and carry on, you know, being strong and getting on with what needs to be done. I'll just get through this. I'll power through it. And then my mum passed away 10 months later. And I finally realised that I wasn't actually, because I was so, I wasn't allowing myself to grieve. I wasn't allowing the time to actually go. I've lost the two most important people in my life. And I'm just trying to push through and carry on with business and pretend like nothing has happened. And it's that whole oxygen mask concept, right? I was like literally stressed to my eyeballs and grieving. How could I possibly help anybody else if I'm in that state? So you have to actually make time to go, hey, this is a massive loss. How do I allow myself to actually grieve? Find other people to help you with the business. Do whatever you need to do in that time frame to kind of get through it. But do take the time to look after yourself. Because if you don't, it's just a recipe for disaster. I've got a couple of weeks off planned very shortly. I'm going to spend some time to, to, to think about my dad and, and you know what he meant in my life and make sure that I actually really take the time to grieve because I'm not going to do what I did last time, which is push through, push through push through um, to the point where I was almost at breaking point and it became a, a bit of a disaster so yeah I mean it, it's hard because you're a business owner and you go but I've got this business I've got customers I need to keep pushing through what I would yeah. say to you is that customers will understand they're humans too they know mm -hmm. what loved ones mean they will understand ask for help if there's you know one thing I've had to learn in my life is it's not uh, it's not a failure to ask for help. If you ask for help, people love to help other people, right? I mean, if I asked you for your help, you would absolutely want to help me. So why would you not ask for help? Because if you don't ask for help, you're actually ripping people off. You're not giving the opportunity to feel really great about helping you. And in my in my you know in my past life, I just didn't do that. I thought no, I had to be strong. I had to get through this. Now I'm like bring it on, bring on the help. I'm really happy to accept it. And, and your customers will understand, you know, that life goes, you know, that life happens and that these are really important people. So that's my biggest lesson is just give yourself some time, allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to be a human being so you can then yep. put the oxygen mask on so you can get back to helping people when you're in a better space. Well, that's awesome. I mean, like, uh, I also faced a similar situation as you, but mine mine wasn't a, someone who who passed away, but more or less somebody who decided to leave a relationship uh, back then, yeah, and yeah. and that's that's how I actually uh, decided to give myself a sabbatical, just not touch the podcast, not touch the business side of thing, just you know, just just go for for go off for a while and and i'm really grateful that like you uh you actually asked for help and for me my buddies came to to me and even uh, my mentors whom i looked up to people who i'm who i've interviewed before actually came on board to to uh, console me to give me advice and 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 some of them even gave me advice like like one full hour two hours long of phone call when they are supposed to be working or when they are supposed to be out with their clients and all, they took the time out just to, you know, call me, um, 
late at night or even early in the morning just to check on me and and even robert kiyosaki even gave me some good advice <laughs> i was like oh wow i didn't expect that and and, and I, I was really grateful for this and you know i i truly believe that whenever it's time for us to grieve we should grieve and we should allow us allow to us having some time to actually go and and let these emotions come to you and and not you know uh, suppress them and go numb towards it by working like what you have done before because when when you do it it's very very toxic for your yourself yeah and, and, and it has I, a massive impact on on your brain on your body everything and if your brain and your body aren't working well for you then they're not going to be helping anybody else either and in actual fact i am um, i got an email last night um from one of my colleagues who's actually also in a similar space to myself and, and we were doing a, a session um like a community um building session last night together and he actually emailed me and said deb I know that you think that you're okay, but I can see that you are stressed. I really hope you're going to take time out for yourself and make sure you look after yourself. And I thought that was just so great because often we're a bit nervous because I come across as being very strong, have it all together, you know, lots mm -hmm. of tenacity. Um, but he could see that in actual fact um, I'm hurting and, and there's some stuff going on. And he said, look, you know, just and just make sure you do take the time. And he shared very vulnerably a story from himself and, and gave me some advice. And I thought I'm really appreciative of that because he was, worried I would take it as a criticism it's like no how how wonderful that a person took the time to notice that in you and to offer you support and advice and want to help you and so I feel very grateful that he actually said that to me and reminded me that that yeah that's what I need to do wow that's mm -hmm. so nice of him and yeah. for if he's listening to this later on yes. uh you can thank you Lee. <laughs> yeah thank you Lee. i really appreciate it <laughs> yeah you you you, you know that uh Deb is really thankful for you for for you to be there as well as the other people that's around her and and supporting her all the way since day one and of course uh, i i believe that you know having people who are really supportive is really crucial for your own tribe for your own for your own mental wellness as well and uh you know, aside from this, I, I believe that those people who are tuning in right now or later on, they always believe that life shouldn't be planned by other people, especially their boss, when they should be promoted, when they should be getting this pay raise or whatsoever. So, Deb, how do you plan your life before someone else does? Yeah. So I think as an entrepreneur, particularly, uh, we have a tendency to kind of get really focused on our work. And because we love what we do, we can um, almost become completely consumed by it. And I'm reminded by, of this by, by my husband regularly, because he'll give me a call at seven o'clock in the evening. He'll go, um, are you coming home this evening? It's like, oh, sorry, I forgot. You know, I'm, I'm caught up in what I'm doing. And so uh, I've realized that, you know, part of having a good life, I don't believe in work-life balance as in it's a nine to five job, but I think you have to know what is your optimal amount of time that you want to spend at work and what time do you want to spend doing other passions? And so every year I actually plan out my entire year well in advance. And I go, I'm going to have a four week holiday here. I'm going to have long weekends here and here and here. I know how many hours per week I want to work. So I know that I, I love work. So, I mean, honestly, for me, a 55 hour week is pretty good. And that's about when I'm at the optimal energy. Once it goes over 55 hours, I start to get tired. I start to get um, stressed. 
best as a work for me. So I actually plan up my entire kind of calendar around working about 55 hours a week, making sure I've got those times booked in for my holidays, making sure I've got time to do my other passions like the cycling and the photography and, and the other things that we love to do. Um, and then I also make sure that I have days kind of allocated for things outside of work as well. And I plan all of that out. And then when I work with my clients or with, with your team, you can say, hey, look, yep, I'd love to help you, but these are the days I've got available. Now, in the past, I would actually bend over backwards to, to fit people in. And, and what I found was I would literally go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting and never, sometimes I wouldn't have time to go to the toilet, you know, because I just try to fit everybody in. And it's like, that's not good for you. You've got to have time out, time for clarity breaks, time for doing the stuff that you really, really love, time for your family, time for, for whatever is important for you. And so I think that as an entrepreneur, it's important to think about, first of all, what is the maximum amount of time you can give before you lose you know, your energy, before you lose your spark, and then work, plan your life out to actually do that, to get the right amount of breaks, to make sure you have got the things that you want to do in there first. And then you can make a decision. So you might say to me, hey, I'm coming over to New Zealand next week, Deb, you know, are you available on Thursday? And I look in my calendar, I go, usually Thursday, is my um, saxophone practice day, for example, and I might go, ah, oh, you know what? Actually, it's pretty special that Rayson's coming over. So yes, I'm happy to, to forego that. But I have the choice because it's in yep. there and I can either go, hey, look, Rayson, love you dearly, but I've got to do my saxophone practice. Or I can go, hey, I would love to do that and I can change it. But if you don't plan your life out like that, even though it sounds quite rigid, it gives you freedom because then you can say, hey, I'm really sorry. I actually can't do that event in that month because I'm in Portugal for the month. <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, true, true. I mean, th this is what we, we are supposed to do, right? In, in yeah. terms of uh, planning. And if possible, it will be great to be able to plan the whole year in advance like you did. Um, and, and and getting, uh, I'm just uh, curious, how did you manage to, to plan the whole year ahead? Uh, yeah. Do you have any tips on how to do that? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, you have to have an actual calendar, so a physical calendar or an online calendar, doesn't yeah. matter, but have the whole year in front of you. And, and then just think about what's important for you. So part of, you know, making sure that you actually live your life is knowing what's important to you. What are your values? What are your other passions? What are the things mm -hmm. you want to make time for? Which people do you want to make time for? So I always have my family. I had time with my family to go and see them in Australia. And so thinking about all those things that are important and then start to pop them into that calendar. And, you know, if you know that you can only do, some people are going to, my husband only does like a 35-hour week. He cannot do more than 35 hours. It's just not in his nature. So for him, his life would look different to mine. But then he's got other things. He does like his music and his YouTube stuff and his science things. So it's just about thinking, okay, what is really important for me? What are my non-negotiables? I really want to do cycling five times a week. I really want to go and do my gym workout with my personal trainer twice a week. I really want to have a four-week, six-week holiday. I really want to have five mini breaks throughout the year. I want to see my family six times throughout the year. So just thinking about all those things and then starting to put them into the calendar and going, so these are here, they're blocked out, that's what I want to do, that's what's important for me. And a very, very good friend of mine, Scott Rusnak, who if he's listening, um, actually taught me about also making sure that you treat your friends and family 
think about who's actually really, really important. Because we don't have to have all of our family being really, really important or all of our friends being really, really important. Who are the ones that are absolutely key? Who's in your really tight-knit circle that you really want to spend time with? Then you've got the next circle, which people you want to see occasionally. And then really there's a bigger circle of people who are, are really just colleagues, acquaintances. And so make sure that when you do have your time, you're allocating it proportionately. I really, really value these people. I want to spend time with them. I will make time for it. And then you have to say no to other people and go, hey, look, I'm really sorry, but I just don't have the time for that right now. Or you get invited to do, you know, some kind of um, talk and you have to go, does this really fit in with what I want to do and what I'm trying to be? Um, and sometimes you just have to say no. And that's probably been one of my biggest challenges. How do you say no? <laughs> true, true. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you in terms of, you know, uh, getting a physical planner and then after that, look at what's important for you and if, let's say it's for your family okay this month january what you want to do with them yeah. where you want to go and all this other stuff and 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 things like that 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 you have actually planned for yourself and i believe those who are tuning in you can also try this out and i'm going to try it out for 2023 <laughs> later on and, and i'm going to see how i can actually make make such plans for myself as well and of course uh, as we are actually coming to the end of the podcast, I have a couple more uh, questions for you. Uh, one of it is like, um, we, un we understand that work-life balance is very important. And you already mentioned that you need to have 55 hours work week. Yeah. So how do you actually ensure that you have this 55 and don't go overboard? So again, I don't think it's as simple as kind of going, I will only do 55 hours There's swings and roundabouts. Some weeks you will find yourself doing a little bit more, but making sure that in general terms, you're not always burning the candle at both ends. Because if mm. you do that, you'll, you'll start to recognise it in your work. Um, you won't make clear decisions. You'll find it more difficult to actually get work done. And so I, I recommend, and I do it myself, taking clarity breaks as well. So actually going away once a week, once a fortnight, once a week, whatever works for you and taking a couple of hours completely away from everything and just sitting there with yourself and asking yourself what's working and what's not working in my life, in my life, in my business, in my relationships. And you can actually then start to have a look and go you know what actually i haven't really been doing 55 hours i've been doing more like 65 hours okay that's not working what can i do to change that or hey in my business right now i've been doing all this stuff that i don't think is actually where we should be going um i'll, I'll do something about it but you can't do that when you're in the business working in the business all the time you've got to take that time away away from technology away from everything and sit where you feel comfortable for me it's in nature take a i've got i'm a real fan of my remarkable so i love to take my remarkable because it's got no technology on it so I can't get distracted by Facebook messages or or emails and I just sit there mm -hmm. and I ask myself what's working and what's not working and that time where you're completely away from everything it's really hard at first because you sit there and go don't know what to think and then all of a sudden this clarity will just you know appear because you're not focused on all the stuff the firefighting the stuff that's going on around you and mm -hmm. and that's what I do to try and ensure that I'm keeping as much as I can a, a work-life balance Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you in terms of getting out of your, um, I would say your discomfort zone in terms of like, you know, you're very discomfort with your work and all this other stuff. You have to get out of it, go into a, a place where you can find peace. And then after mm -hmm. that, get your, a journal and, and start to write, ask yourself and write down what are things that 
is working for you, what are things that are not working for you in terms of your business, your life, your relationships, and all this other stuff. And I, I, I'm pretty sure this is something that I'm going to try it out later on as well. And um, last but not least, Deborah, imagine this, okay? You suddenly lose everything, your money, your reputation. So what would you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? Yeah, um, I was, I've was. i been thinking about this It's because it has happened. I did lose everything and I was really, really nervous because here I was helping other businesses to grow their business and I've had these failures. So, you know, why would they come to me because I'm such a failure? And I think that the, the first thing I would do in the first few days is actually just take some time out and make mm -hmm. sure that you get really, really clear about um, why you exist. Like, what is it, the reason you're on this planet for? Um, why do you want to do what you're doing? And, and be really don't be hard on yourself what what happened but reflect back on what happened and what potentially that has kind of created for you what you can learn from it and then after those few days just just put it aside because you can't change what has happened you've just got to let it be and not be hard on yourself and look after yourself and then reconnect with your why and go right so what is, what is the real reason I'm here for and, and what do I need to do to actually help reconnect with that why um, and I think what I kind of learned too is most people actually don't pay that much attention to you. So you think that you've got this massive failure, reputation is completely destroyed, and most people actually aren't all that interested. They're off living their own lives, they're doing their own thing. So in actual fact, just get back to, you know, why do I exist? How can I help? What can I do to help people? And just keep moving forward with that and, and putting in place a plan to do that. I think one of my favourite authors is actually, and, and, and people is Richard Branson. You know, how many times has he been bankrupt and uh, been down, and, and yet he's, he's revealed he's put on a pedestal people think he's marvelous so um you know don't don't take just because things have gone wrong it's not the end of the world it's just another point in your life where you can kind of go okay what did i learn from it why am i here what do i do better next time and how do i help more people yeah wow love it love it love it love it amazing wow thank you so much deborah for all this amazing tips all of them are practical and really useful for our everyday lives, especially for entrepreneurs and, and millennial entrepreneurs as well that are tuning in. And I'm really grateful for you to be here. Uh, and also at the same time, um, what's next for you, Deborah? What, what, what's what's uh, upcoming events or anything like that that's... So I mean, do. so I, my EOS is definitely what I love doing, but it's 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 something that I do that enables me to do other things as well. So I've got another little business idea that I'm working on at the moment, which I'm hopefully planning to launch in the next couple of years. Um, and I, I have this. So my whole reason for being is to help entrepreneurs live an ideal life. Um, life is too short. I don't want people living in the in the midst of stress and anxiety and everything else. They've got to have a good life. And so I'm always looking for ways that I can actually help to improve that. So I'm you know I've got my podcast my newsletter i've got tools that i share i just want to do everything i possibly can my big hairy audacious goal is to help a thousand uh, business owners every year personally so how do i do that so that's kind of what i'm always working on is how do i actually um do that now there's there's a wider community that i affect but it's a thousand people i want to have a real direct impact on so for me it's like more thinking about how do i actually help more people uh, what can i do to help people lead a, a, their best possible life Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, well, 
I mean, Deborah, really thank you for coming here once again. And also at the same time, thank you for my followers who have been following the Regacy show. And thank you, Dondi, Miss Suchi, Leona Tan, in, who is based in Australia, Comes as well, who is based in Australia, Janice, Brand, Frederick, and Angelia, and so many of you guys that I can't name right now because so many of you that are tuning in. So thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode of the Regacy Show coming to you guys next week next week and also at the same time if you guys are cool about this you guys can actually uh, write a review on itunes and and uh, share some love i would love to read your comments about the regacy show as well and um on top of that uh, just stay tuned for amazing a, a lot of amazing guests that's coming and also amazing stuff that the regacy is going to build and I'm looking forward to you know meeting Deborah in New Zealand next yes. year, possibly, uh, and we'll see what other things that we can actually collaborate on as well. So yep. with that, stay tuned and take good care of yourself. Don't get COVID, all right. And if you do, please, please uh, take good care of yourself and drink more water, hydrate yourself, and and uh, take some sea coconut sweet it is really good for you yeah. uh, see coconut sweet is really good for you all right and Thank especially you. for the throat all right yeah. so with that take care and god bless bye-bye thank you thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Regacy show i hope it has enlightened you i hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do so i hope you will continue to support and also at the same time like comment and share this episode out to your people to your family your friends and not forgetting that we have just created a telegram group it's called the Regacy show family so you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you all right so with that i would like to thank you once again see you and stay tuned for another episode of the Regacy show